Hey, welcome to another exciting podcast from Freedom House Church. My name is Troy Maxwell. I'm the senior pastor of our church. We are one church that meets in multiple locations, which means we have different communicators at all of our different locations. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from one of our teaching teams. I know that it will bless you. You will walk away changed. So enjoy this message. Hey, Freedom House, it is so great to have you joining us today, and I'm super excited for a couple of reasons. One, because we will be having church live at all of our campuses next weekend, and the other is because today we have some of our leaders here joining us actually in the service uh, so we can get ready and get prepped for all of you coming next weekend. So pretty stoked about that. You have no idea. Uh, We have been in a series called Upper Room, and I've honestly been loving this series. Pastor Troy has been doing a bang up amazing job. The thing that I love about this series is this series is all about the power of prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit, and what happens when that is actually operating in your life. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna actually go in, we're gonna study what happened leading up to Acts, then we're gonna study the book of Acts some, and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and then and some characteristics of what the Spirit looks like if the Spirit is operating in our lives. And by the Spirit, I mean the Holy Spirit. So this series has been amazing because I think a lot of times what it does is it helps explain and understand what a lot of times we don't understand. The Holy Spirit is not an it, the Holy Spirit is a he. And I like what my husband always says, is he says the Holy Spirit is not weird, but people sure can be, right? I think I've seen people do things before that were quite odd and then blame it on the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, yo, dude, that was not the Holy Spirit, that was you just being weird. How many of you know if you're weird before the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're probably still a little weird, right? So let's not blame things on the Holy Spirit when people act odd or strange. Let me start off reading in the book of John, chapter 14. And this is an account right before um, Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's speaking to his disciples. And I want you to hear what he's saying. It says, he says to them, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another Helper. Now we're gonna talk about that word helper in just a minute. We're gonna break down that Greek word, but I wanna keep reading for now. It says, the Father will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The helper may abide with you forever. The helper is also called the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, what does that mean, he dwells with you and he will be in you? Let's talk about that for a second because in the Old Testament, we see the Holy Spirit moving, but we see him moving differently than we do in the New Testament, specifically after Jesus died and rose again, after Acts chapter two, 
the day of Pentecost. In the Old Testament, what you would see happen is the Holy Spirit would come and it would rest on somebody for a situation or when there was an act or something that needed to happen, the Holy Spirit would come, the Holy Spirit would rest on them in order for them to be able to perform that specific act and then the Holy Spirit would lift off. Let me give you a few examples of that. One would be where Samson is in the temple and he pushes down the pillars, right? The Holy Spirit came upon him and then the Holy Spirit left off of him. It lifted off of him. Another one uh, that I think is a good one is Elijah. So here he is. He outruns the king's fastest chariot, which scholars say that's about 60 miles per hour that he's running. That was some Holy Spirit stuff going on right there. The Holy Spirit came on him to outrun the chariot and then the Holy Spirit would lift off. Now, that's the Old Testament. What happened in the New Testament is when the Holy Spirit came in the New Testament in Acts chapter two, after Jesus died on the cross and rose again and the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit didn't lift off anymore. The Holy Spirit actually got to come and stay and not just rest upon someone and lift off, but actually indwell. So I want to read some more accounts to you of Jesus speaking, and then I want to go into that upper room experience, and I want to discuss that and talk about that, and really today, break that down in an understanding where I think we can start to get some revelation of who the Holy Spirit is. Not, he's an it, but he's a person. There is a person of the Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of times we understand maybe more about Jesus because we've studied Jesus or maybe we've, we've studied more about the attributes of God, but often we don't understand really who the Holy Spirit is. In John chapter 15, it says this. It says, but when the helper, that's a capital H. Again, that's the word I'm gonna break down for us in a minute in the Greek. When the helper comes, whom I shall send to you. This is Jesus speaking. He says, send to you from the Father. He's the spirit of truth. There he is again proclaiming he's the spirit of truth. Who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. That is Jesus speaking to the disciples again. And then what we see happening, we know that that um, Jesus dies on the cross. He gets raised again. This is him giving an account right before uh, he is to go to the cross. He's telling them, listen, I'm, I'm gonna be gone. But I don't want you to worry. I don't want you to be fretful because see, there's this helper coming. The Holy Spirit is coming and he's not gonna lift off of you. He's gonna stay with you. So you're gonna be all right. Everybody say, you're gonna be all right. All right, you gotta say it at home too or if you're driving in your car. So we have this upper room experience that happens, and I want to dive into this. I want to read about the upper room and what happens in the book of Acts, because this transpires 50 days after Jesus died and rose again. 
So that's why it's called the day of Pentecost. Penta meaning 50. 50 days after Jesus died and rose again, we have the day of Pentecost, which is the day that the Holy Spirit fell and unleashed the power. Now, what's really interesting is next Sunday, the Sunday that we get to open back up our campuses is actually the day of Pentecost. So I'm so stoked about that. All right, let's read Acts chapter one, and then we're gonna go into this passage a little deeper. Acts chapter one, it says, when they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which was near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey, and when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That, I think, is something that is huge. It is very key. They were all in one accord, and they were all in one place. Why do you think the devil tries to divide us so much? Republicans, Democrats, black, white, males and females fighting against each other for who's the strongest, who can roar the loudest. It is an intentional attack to try to divide people because you divide people, you take the power. You get in one accord and you decide you're gonna be healthy and you're gonna work through relational things and you see what's happening here on the day of Pentecost is what can happen. We can have Pentecost every day in our life when we're in one accord. The power of the Holy Spirit is able to move freely. So it says they were all with one accord and they were in one place and suddenly, say suddenly. I love the suddenlies of God. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled, say all filled, with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we just read about the foretelling of the Holy Spirit. Then we read about when the Holy Spirit actually fell, Now, what I wanna do is I wanna start to move in what happens after that. So the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit not just dwells on us as believers, but it fills us, he fills us. Now, I want you to understand that being filled with the Holy Spirit is subsequent to salvation, Some people think, well, you know, I asked Jesus in my heart, I I got the Holy Spirit. Well, Paul runs into some of the disciples in Acts chapter 19, and he says to them, hey, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you have been saved? And they said, no, we haven't since we've been saved. We don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. And he proceeds to tell them about the Holy Spirit. This is a subsequent thing to salvation. It is a separate baptism, being baptized in the Holy Spirit that happens. And I want to just kind of give you a look inside of what it actually means 
when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, what does that look like? Well, let me explain this to you first, that with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a giver of gifts. As a matter of fact, if you go through the Bible, God gives certain gifts, Jesus gives certain gifts, and the Holy Spirit gives certain gifts. So the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Then I want to talk about fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then I want to move into what characteristics of the Holy Spirit look like so we can understand, hey, Has this happened to me since I've been saved? We can ask ourselves the same question that Paul asked the disciples. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you have been saved? Because if you haven't, you can do that today. You can do that right this very moment. We're going to pray in a little bit, but I want to break this down and explain this a little bit. So here's what I think would be a good idea. If you are a note taker and I suggest that you take notes today, what I would love for you to do is you can pull out your phones here in church. You can pull out your phones online. You can go old school with the paper and pen. But I'm going to give you what I would consider some things I would go over in a Bible school class. So it's going to be a little bit of teaching so I can explain to you so you can understand some things about the Holy Spirit. So this is a great time to take notes. So there are nine gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, and those nine gifts are actually broken down into three categories. So I'm going to tell you those three categories, and then what I'm going to do is under each one, I want to tell you the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives under those categories, and then I'll go through and break down each one of those gifts more specifically. So first, I'm going to go broad, and then we'll zoom in a bit and get a little bit closer on each of the gifts specifically. The first uh, set of gifts is the revelation gifts. Those are the gifts that reveal something. They're called the revelation gifts. That would be word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and prophecy. The second grouping of gifts are called the power gifts. The power gifts do something. That would be the gift of faith, the gift of healings, and the working of miracles. The third subset of categories are the utterance gifts. The utterance gifts say something. So you've got the reveal, the do, and the say gifts. And under the utterance gifts, you have discerning of spirits, tongues and interpretation of tongues. You can go in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and read all about the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. They are all listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you can go and learn more about those gifts that are outlined, and it will break some things down for you. So let's jump into this. Uh, Let's talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about the first one, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. What is the word of knowledge, and is that operating in my life? So I'm going to explain to you what specifically that is as I go through actually all of these gifts, and I'm going to give you examples so it makes it easier to understand. I think examples 
um, help me to digest and break down things a little bit easier. So I want to do that for you today by giving you some examples. So the first is the word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is a supernatural insight into situations. Now, there are things that you could have never known on your own. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to you that there is no way your natural mind could have ever known anything about. The word of knowledge deals with the past and the present. A word of knowledge does not deal with the future. We will actually talk about that in one of the other gifts. But a word of knowledge deals with the past and with the present. A word of knowledge can be manifested through visions, through uh, an inward revelation, through tongues and interpretation of tongues, through prophecy, or through an angel. Did you know that angels still visit people today? Angels haven't stopped. It's just sometimes we don't understand how to top, uh, tap into the spiritual realm. And if we don't understand how to get somewhere, you know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's, he's by invite only. He is not going to show up to a party uninvited. He actually wants to be invited in. And you and I have the opportunity to invite him into our life. So there are lots of examples I could give for the word of knowledge that have to do with my children. Um, all growing up, I would tell my kids, the Holy Spirit is a snitch. You better be careful. Because they would go, how did you know that? And I'd say, the Holy Spirit is a snitch. That kind of was something I said all the time. But the example that I'm going to give you of a word of knowledge that happened in my life is probably the most intense one. So anytime I teach on the Holy Spirit, um, if I have the opportunity, I love to share this example because even though I've, I've had things happen a lot in my life, this is the most intense example that I've ever had happen. Um, we lived in Richmond, Virginia at the time. So this was many years ago. My children were still small. They were very little. And I was sleeping. It was about 2.30 in the morning. And I literally felt something wake me, something meaning the Holy Spirit, right? Wake me up and tell me to get up and go pray. Now, I don't know what I'm supposed to pray for, so my English is going to be very limited. So what I did was I prayed in the Holy Spirit, and I will explain that more in a little bit. But I went downstairs, I remember kneeling by the sofa, and for about 30 minutes kneeling, I just began to pray in the Holy Spirit. And then I remember just this peace, like, okay, you, you can go back upstairs now. So I got up off my knees, I went back upstairs, and um, I remember when I had gotten up, my husband was like, what are you doing? I was like, no, no, just, I just need to go pray. And uh, I mean, which I honestly, I'm gonna be truthful. I don't just get up at three o'clock in the morning and go, I'm just gonna go pray. I, like, that is not a normal thing for me just to do. And just, I just don't want y'all to think I'm trying to be like super holy all the time. Like, that, that is not something. At three o'clock, I'm usually asleep, right? Unless my husband's snoring, then I'm wide awake, right? So here it is. I get back upstairs. I get into bed, and I lay my head down, just about to go to sleep. And then about a quarter of a mile away, down at the end of our street, um, I hear this horrible noise. 
it was horrible. And it was so loud that actually there's no way that everybody on our street was not awakened by that noise. My husband jumped up, sat up, I sat up. And he goes, what was that? And I looked at him and I said, quick, go down there. It's Orlando, our neighbor. He's been drinking. He was in a car accident. He wrapped his car around a tree and you're gonna be the first one on site. You need to be there. He needs help. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I said, I don't know, but put your sweatpants on and get down there. I mean, it it just came out of me, just like in a moment's notice came out of me. And he's like, what are you? And I was like, just put your sweatpants on. And he goes down there and later on he comes back and he's like, how in the world did you know, know that? Orlando had been drinking. He wrapped his car around a tree and I stayed with him until the paramedics got on the scene. How in the world could you have known that that had already happened? You see, I wasn't predicting something that was gonna happen in the future. This had already happened. But what had happened for me is I had started praying for him in the Holy Spirit before it ever took place. And then when I went and laid down, it was like the Holy Spirit was already working things out to keep Orlando safe because somebody was interceding on his behalf. Now later I went down to his house and we didn't know them very well. So I didn't know if he had a drinking problem or if we didn't. I didn't know anything about them really. Later, um, a couple days after he got out of the hospital, I went down and talked to them and told them what had happened and the whole family accepted Jesus. That's probably one of the most powerful things that I've experienced um, as far as a, just a word of knowledge. Now I wanna keep moving and I wanna give you the next one, which is a word of wisdom. It's still under the revelation gifts. Um, A word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation from heaven. You can get a word of wisdom through a vision, a dream, through God's voice. Um, And in this scenario, again, an angel. It deals with the future and how to handle things that are coming in the future with supernatural wisdom. Now, let me give you a great example of this. Joseph was able to interpret, he had this this dream, this vision that he interpreted, and he said, hey, there is seven years of plenty that is going to happen, and there is seven years of lack. This is what we're going to do. We are going to have a game plan in place. So when this transpires, here he was using wisdom. He said, we're gonna stockpile. So we have everything that we need when the famine comes during the seven years of plenty. We're gonna use wisdom and stockpile everything. Word of wisdom. Now, a lot of these gifts of the Holy Spirit can work in cooperation with each other. And you will see that as I keep going. The next one is the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy foretells the future and what is to come. And I can tell you the most powerful thing that I've ever witnessed in a prophetic word was probably right here in this very spot on this platform. So it was Authentic Conference, and just a plug, Authentic is coming in July. And when we gather together, when all of us girls gather together, we don't just look cute, and we aren't just having fun. It's just not room filled with estrogen. 
The power of the Holy Spirit is present. And let me tell you something that happened, that if you weren't there to actually acknowledge it and see it and witness it, you would hear me right now and say, I don't believe you, but we have it on tape. It happened. So one of our guest speakers, who was one of my best friends, her name is Pastor Leanne Matesius. She was standing right here in this spot, and she said to all the women in the room that were struggling to conceive, struggling to have a baby, she said, I want all of you to come forward. And I was sitting here in my seat on the front row, and all these women in our church came forward to be prayed for. Pastor Leanne was going down, praying over all of the women, laying hands on them, and literally prophesying their future. She gets to this one woman who I knew, and I didn't know her well, but I'd seen her face, right? She gets to this one woman right about here, and she stops, and she prays over this woman, and she said, the Lord just spoke to me and said, you're going to have twins. And I was like, oh, Jesus, she better be right on, because this woman's trying to just have one and now you're prophesying she's going to have two. You better be here in the Holy Spirit right now because you're going to be flying back to California and I got to be here to deal with this. You better be hearing from God. That's like going through my mind because of what she did next. So she's like, and they're going to be boys. You're going to have twin boys. And then she moves down the line. And she goes, wait, wait, twin boys, twin boys, twin girls. She pauses and she's like, twin boys. And then she goes down the line and starts praying for people. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, if that ain't specific. You're telling a barren woman, not only is she going to have a child, but she's going to have twins and they're going to be boys. No wait, girls. No wait, they're boys. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she, like, she better be on, this woman better be on, because how many of you know the likelihood of something like that happening when it wasn't God? I actually had a, a mathematician in our church try to give me, like, what that equation would look like, and he's like, that's not even possible. Like, to, to figure out an equation like that isn't even humanly possible to say at this time, at this moment, you're going to have twins who's someone who's barren and they're going to be boys like that's like that's not even possible but here I am at church five months later this woman comes up to me who's five months pregnant with twin boys and says do you remember me and I about fell out of my seat I'm like why didn't you tell me a little sooner <laughs> and she's like we just couldn't believe it we just couldn't believe it that is very specific. And she goes, wasn't it funny how she's like, boys and girls, and she's like, no, boys, boys. And I was like, that was so specific. I said to her, I'll be honest with you, I got a little nervous. Because I'm like, Lord Jesus, you better be speaking to her right now. She better be prophesying, not prophesying. Come on, Jesus. And she's one of my close friends, so I understand that she knows how to hear the voice of God. So... She ends up giving birth, sending me pictures of the boys and all of this. And about a year and a half goes by, and um, she sends me an ultrasound. 
She's like, you're not going to believe this. And I was like, what? She goes, I just had an ultrasound at the doctor's. I am pregnant with twin girls. Now she's got a set of twin girls and a set of twin boys. Let me tell you, that wasn't just happenstance. That is the Holy Spirit working miracles in people's lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is huge. That is big. That is amazing. That doesn't just happen. They say, it just happens. Well, that didn't just happen. That was the Holy Spirit at work. And I'm telling you, authentic conference, power. There is power when all of us gather together. That was the gift of prophecy in operation. The next is the gift of faith. That's in the power gifts category, the gift of faith. It's a confidence, a surety, a trust that goes beyond. You can tell that gift in somebody's life because they do not get rattled. When we were diagnosed with tumors in our daughter's brain and they told us that she wasn't going to make it, I remember for a couple days, I'll be honest with you, I was rattled. But what I will never forget is I will never forget Troy Maxwell walking upstairs after the third day, ironically. He ripped the covers back off of me and he said, get up and fight. If you don't have enough faith, I've got enough for both of us. Now get up and let's fight. That is the gift of faith in operation. The gift of healing, the gift of healings. That's a supernatural ability that transcends natural laws. You saw Jesus operating in this all the time when he was healing people. And our daughter actually getting healed of the tumors that were in her brain is another example that God still heals. The Bible says he was the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So if he was, he is, and he will be. God still heals the working the gifts of healing. The next is the working of miracles. All of these are the power gifts, the power gifts, the working of miracles. It's someone who is used in signs and wonders. Now, what does that look like? A perfect example would be the fishes and loaves. That wasn't supposed to happen. I mean, there was five loaves, two fish. It wasn't supposed to feed 5,000 people with 12 baskets of leftovers, right? That wasn't supposed to happen. You see, what we tend to do, which is what the Holy Spirit does not do, is we tend to look at our five senses and think everything needs to happen through our senses. The Holy Spirit does not need our five senses. As a matter of fact, he bypasses all of that. He bypasses our brain and our senses because we tend to rely on those. And he's saying, I want you to rely on me. I want you to trust me and not what feels right to you. It's called faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. The next one um, we're going into is the utterance gifts. Um, The first one is the discerning of spirits. Being able to tell supernaturally what is good from what is evil. You know how your knower sometimes just knows when something's off? You just don't feel, it's like something's off, something's not right. That's the Holy Spirit. When your knower knows, that's the Holy Spirit. And I think women are really good at that. 
And I think it's important to understand that there is a difference between the discerning of spirits, that is actually a gift, but there is no gift called the gift of suspicion. And I think sometimes what we do is we get suspicious of people. And we start thinking we're using the gift of discernment when really we're using the quote unquote gift of suspicion, which isn't a gift at all. It's actually not from God. It's actually something from our childhood or earlier on where somebody disappointed us or hurt us and a way for us to cope is we become hypervigilant and we're scanning the environment looking for fear, looking for pain, looking for hurt. And we're like, ding, 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 ding. That is not a gift from the Holy Spirit. Discerning of spirits, however, is. And when you would see Jesus rock up on a scene and he would say, I know what's in your heart. I know what spirit you're of. That is the discerning of spirits. The next utterance gift is uh, tongues. Tongues. Now that literally means, um, tongues literally means to speak in another language, in a spiritual language. That is what I did when I went downstairs when we lived in Richmond and knelt by the sofa for 30 minutes because my natural prayer life, I could only say, "Um, God, I don't know why you woke me up, but God, please help me. God, I don't know why you woke me up, but whatever it is you need, God, I don't know. So what did I do? I prayed in the Holy Spirit because when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you can't miss. The Bible says that it bypasses your natural mind. Your natural mind is unfruitful and your spirit connects with the Holy Spirit and you get a direct revelation from God, which is spirit to spirit, that bypasses this and this is what gets us in trouble. So praying in an unknown tongue is exactly what you see that happened on the day of Pentecost. The tongues of fire fell. They began to speak in other languages. And then the next gift, the interpretation of tongues, you began to see that roll out where people start interpreting what they were saying. They say, I know what he's saying. I know what he's saying. And the interpretation came. That's exactly what happened when I went downstairs. I prayed in the Holy Spirit. I got up. I laid up in the bed and I said, it's Orlando. He's been in an accident. He's been drinking. He hit his car. He wrapped it around a tree. That was the interpretation coming of what I had been praying. That is how that works. So those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I wanna move through the fruit of the Holy Spirit because a lot of people get real excited about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they don't get so excited about the fruit. Because see, see, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you will, they seem kind of sexy. They're, they're kind of powerful. They kind of make me feel a little invincible. That's not what they're for. You see, these gifts actually point back to God. They're not so people can look at us and go, did you just hear that wonderful word that I gave off? <laughs> that is not what they're for. And if you mishandle the gifts, God will take the gift back. I've seen people do that. And we have to be careful because when you're operating in the spirit like that, it does bring attention to you. But what we're supposed to do is deflect that back to God. It's simply, we're simply the sign that points to the thing, okay? So if, if there's a sign down the street that says, this is how you get to Freedom House, we're not Freedom House, we're the sign that points to Freedom House, 
Okay, we are not God, we are not Jesus, we are not the Holy Spirit. We are simply pointing the way back. We are just a vessel. That's all we are is a vessel. And we don't get it right all the time. That's why it's important to stay connected and tuned in and listening so we can make sure that we're hearing clearly what God has to say. Now, let me talk about the fruit of the Spirit. I think we know most of us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But I think often what we don't do is we don't look at this list and go, what of these things do I need to work on? What of this fruit am I not displaying on a regular basis in my life? God, if this is the fruit of, of the evidence of your spirit working in my life, what areas of my life are not lining up with how you would have me to be? So I thought I'd share three of these that I, um, I think I'm gonna need to work on, okay? One is patience. I'm telling you what, I am the type of person, I'm like, let's shake, let's rattle, let's roll, let's get a movement. I want it yesterday, I want it to happen yesterday. I'm just like, that's something I have to work on. I have to work on the fact of understanding that God's timing is my protection. I can't step out ahead of God. I need to be patient. Another thing when I was reading this list is gentleness. I like, I'm, I'm good at that in some situations, but in some scenarios, I'm like a little bull in a china shop. Just like, let's get it done, let's get it done. And I, and I can not be so gentle sometimes when I probably need to be a little bit more gentle. And I know that because my husband tells me that. He's like, babe, why don't we try saying that again, just a little differently? And I'm like, oh, sorry about that. So I know that's what I'm working on because the, the Holy Spirit is operating through my husband to let me know that I need to work on that one. Another one I think um, that really has showed its, its uh, little face is self-control through this whole COVID thing. I'm telling you, I like some Ben and Jerry. I like some cheesecake. I like... I, I just realized I probably need to work on the self-control a little bit more. Did anybody else realize that during the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we're just gonna keep on going. Now, here's what I want you to understand is I told you that in 1 Corinthians 12 and in 1 Corinthians 14, both of those talk in depth about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the chapter that's right in between both of them 1 Corinthians 13 is all about what? Love. I don't think it's accidental that God sandwiched the book of love around the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? Because I think we have to understand when we are walking in the fruit of the Spirit, then we are going to do things in a way that brings honor and glory. Those gifts operate when we are operating in love. We have to make sure that when we are saying, hey, God, you know, work this out in me. God, I want to see this situation change that we're doing things through love. Because everything in the Bible works through love. As a matter of fact, we won't even be able to tell who his disciples are if it's not for our love that we have. So it's very important that we just don't 
want these things to operate in our life for a power kick, but we want these things to operate in our life so we can be better at loving people, helping people, encouraging people, giving a, a prophetic word to a mom or a want-to-be mom whose womb is closed. That wasn't so Leanne could say, ha, you guys, I know how to listen to the whole, I mean, when was the last time you had a prophecy like that? No, it's not what it's for. It's to encourage and edify and love and build up the body. Why, why would I want the Holy Spirit operating in my life? Do you leave gifts under your Christmas tree? When somebody gives you a gift, do you leave it unwrapped? I certainly don't want to leave any gift that has been given to me unwrapped. The last thing I want to do is just tell you um, some of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, uh, the word in the Greek is parakletos. And I love that um, it says, where it says another helper is alos parakletos. That is the word for Holy Spirit in the Greek. What does that mean? I broke it down specifically, and this is exactly in the Greek what the word means. It means comforter. How many of you could use a source of comfort right now? That's the Holy Spirit. It means counselor. How many of you could use a guide right now to help reveal to you what you didn't know before? It means teacher. Anybody need some instruction on what you should do and how you should do it? Maybe show you what you didn't know? It means helper, one who assists. Anybody need some assistance right now? Maybe in your marriage, maybe in your finances, maybe with a family member. It means strengthener. Anybody need a source of strength right now? Maybe you're feeling right now some pressures and you need to be strengthened. You need your arms lifted up. It means intercessor, someone that stands in the gap for you. Anybody ever needed somebody to stand in the gap? The last one it means is a standby. The Holy Spirit is on hand. He's always ready. He's like that backup generator. For those that are in the room today, could you stand on your feet with me? And for those who are watching, if you wanna stand up, you can stand up too. But I'm gonna have our keyboard player come. And I wanna tell you something that just kinda stuck out to me as I was uh, prepping for this. I have people tell us a lot of times, they say, hey, there's something about this church, like when I walked in, like things just felt different. Uh, there's something here, there's something, and they keep trying to describe what that something is. Would you like to know our secret sauce? Do you know what that something is? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in operation at Freedom House. We welcome the Holy Spirit here. As a matter of fact, we invite the Holy Spirit in. We say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome right here in our presence, right here in our midst. We want you here. When my kids were little, um, they learned to talk, not because we sent them to school. They learned to talk way before they went to school. 
The reason that they learned to talk is because they were listening to Pastor Troy and I speak to each other. They were listening to other people. They heard other voices. And because they heard those other voices, they actually picked up those voices and began to use those voices and began to speak a language, not because they went to a classroom and were taught how to speak, but because they picked up on the voices around them. Can I just tell you that right now, you have to be very careful the voices that are speaking, very careful the voices that are talking. We have to make sure that the voice of the Holy Spirit is the loudest voice in the room. We've got to make sure that we know the Holy Spirit's voice. I prank called somebody the other day and they said, this isn't my wife, I know her voice. It's the same way with the Holy Spirit. When you get to know the voice of the Holy Spirit, it becomes the loudest voice, it becomes familiar. What I would love to do today is I would love to just pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit in your life. But before I even pray that prayer, there's one more that I'd love for those of you in the room or even those of you who are watching online. If you wanna accept Jesus, because receiving the Holy Spirit is subsequent to salvation, the first step is to ask Jesus into our heart to come and wipe away our past and give us a fresh start if you would just right where you are, whether you're sitting at a computer, whether you're at your kitchen table, whatever, wherever that is, would you just close your eyes and bow your head? If you would just say, hey, I want to accept Jesus into my life right now. Would you just like hit the little hand on the computer online or let somebody know in the chat box? We would love to pray with you. We would love to encourage you, send you resources. But it's as simple as this. Would you just pray this with me? Heavenly Father, I ask you to send Jesus into my life and my heart. I accept him wholeheartedly. I thank you for a fresh start. I thank you for a do-over. In Jesus' name, amen.